Well, welcome to the Core 3 Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Spencer Breedlove. And I'm his wife, Lisa Breedlove, and we get to do this podcast together. It is so good to be back with you. Today, we've got a really um, cool way to kick off our podcast today. And this is uh, our favorite one-liners from some of our favorite movies. So we're going to kick off with some one-liners. So here's the question, Lisa. What are some of your favorite one-liners from movies? I know at least one. You're going to kick it off with the first one. I know this one. Oh, yes. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. I watch it every time it comes on TV. Every time it comes on. I have the whole entire thing memorized. Yep. I can do the quotes from every character, but the best line is when they're in the courtroom and they finally, it builds up to the climax of what they're trying to get out. And he says, you can't handle the truth. And what movie was that in? A Few Good Men. And then it's even better at the very, very end when he says, I'm going to rip your skull off and puke it to your dead Dead skull. Rip rip your head off and puke puke it to your dead skull. (laughs) You... What do you yeah, think? you know, I think you need to stop right there. I, oh, okay. You mess with the more wrong That's marine. It. You mess with the wrong marine. That was it. Yeah. yeah. You mess with the wrong marine. So, of course, Top Gun's one of my favorites. Yes. My favorite line in Top Gun. I'm going to hit the brakes. He's going to fly right by. And then Merlin goes, you're going to do what? <laughs> and he did it. And then another, another um, Air Force type. Planes. Planes movie, Air Force One, with Harrison Ford in it. And on this one, this is on, this is during the, uh, during the time when Air Force One is going down and they have strapped in the president. He's the last person off the plane, and he is flying behind this cargo plane with a, on a cable. And so he... In normal life, he would just be ripped to shreds. Yes. You know, but it's this is the movie. Realistic. Really, really cool. And so they have this, uh, they have this, this cable that he's attached to and they're reeling him in like some fish. All right. And so they're reeling him in, reeling him in, reeling him in, reeling him in. And then back, uh, at the Pentagon or wherever the, wherever the politicians are, they're asking, if if Liberty Two Four, the name of the plane, has the president, the president, and it's just silence. It's just silence. Liberty Two Four. Do waiting. you have the president? They're waiting. They're waiting. Anticipation is continuing to build. It just keeps going, and then finally, when they get the president on the plane, the pilot of the plane goes. Liberty 2-4 is changing call signs. Liberty 2-4 is now Air Force 1. And then everybody goes nuts. They had the president. That was a really, really one. Really cool one. But before the president actually gets off of his plane, Air Force 1. He's got to get rid of all the bad guys. He's got to get rid of the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So he gets rid of the... He's getting... uh, There's one particular bad guy that he's getting rid of. And he says, get off my plane. (laughs) That was a pretty good one. I think he punches him or something. I think he did, Pushes too. Him off, yeah. Pushes him off. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good one. I got... It goes way back. And you don't really like this movie. No, uh-uh, but you do because it's I creepy. Do. I do. Clarice. <laughs> Just go ahead and keep finishing that one. Well, when he talks about 
you know, a bottle of Chianti and some fava beans. That's just, ugh, that's creepy. Silence of the Lambs. That's, that is creepy. <laughs> it's a good movie. Clarice. Mm-hmm. He was a really bad, I, or a good Anthony bad. Hopkins Anthony Hopkins is a great actor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he was an incredible actor. He was. All right. Every, some of everybody's favorite, because this one is always mm-hmm. on repeat. Shawshank Redemption. Yes. And Red says, mm-hmm. it's time to get busy living or get busy dying. That's a good one. Oh, I know you've got something from Rocky. Oh, yeah. There's always, you know, something from Rocky. Yeah. But the best one, when he finally wins that championship. Yes. Yo, Adrian. <laughs> he was a little more mumbled than that because yeah. his face Yo, was beat up. Adrian. <laughs> he had that Bronx accent. And then speaking of that kind of rough, mm-hmm. sort of rough. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams in Good Morning Vietnam. I mean, who doesn't yes. remember? Good morning, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Yep, that yep. one. That was a good one. Oh, and then in the movie Overboard. Oh, that's a good one. I know they've remade it. Who We're was talking it? about was the original. The original. Yeah, who was it that was in that? That Kurt was Russell Kurt Russell and Goldie, Hawn. and Goldie Hawn. Yes, they were great. In that movie Overboard. Yes. Funny movie. Yes. Hopefully nobody's offended by what we're about to say here. No. I hope not. But it's a quote from a movie, and it was funny. They had both jumped over to come back to one another. True loves. Yeah, what was the... What was it that... um, There had been this story about Arturo. Arturo, yeah. Arturo. He told her this story. and Yes, and she jumps in her fancy schmancy dress sequin dress into the ocean he jumps because he sees her jump the coast guard's involved in the this coast guard's now. involved and now the young little coast guard boy's got the binoculars and he's like man overboard is kissing woman overboard and it's then he a said hell of a day at sea sir <laughs> <laughs> that was good that's one good way mm. to start a relationship mm. oh and what about what about Braveheart? Yes, Brave. What a great movie! That's got some, yeah. That's got some great one-liners. Good ones. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you've got a really good one from that one, right? What from Little John? No, that's Robin Hood. I oh, that was on. Robin Hood. Yeah, this I'm getting is Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, I'm getting Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson mixed up in that mm-hmm. one. We'll get to the Little John one in in a little bit. Yeah, I'll do that one. But. The best quote is a one-word quote, and every, everybody's probably about knowing. To be executed, yeah. Freedom, and it just rings out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I like the one. Well, this is again a favorite movie of mine because it's uh, got a Mustang in it. Shelby, Gone in sixty seconds, and they're in hot pursuit. The police are. Um, Grand Theft Auto, they're trying to catch yeah. Nicolas Cage and his posse that still were stealing cars all night long, and they're chasing him down next to the docks. Yeah, and this guy was in a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've never seen a Jeep police and car before, but And there's this wrecking ball. I can't remember why there's a wrecking ball. Obviously, some construction or something. And the wrecking ball just comes and slams the car, puts the Jeep through a wall, and obviously the cops then stop to check on that person. They can't go any further chasing 
Nicholas Cage, but <laughs> the one cop gets out and says, the guy's dazed, and he's like, are you sure you're okay? Because you just went through a wall. That was pretty good. That's good. Mm-hmm. That was good. That was a good one. So, since I'm going to stick with kind of the man flicks okay. and the tough yeah. chicks, what about Gladiator? Oh, that's a great movie. And Russell Crowe. My favorite line. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. He was going for blood. He was, and, and he was Joaquin... A little- was creepy in that movie. He was creepy in that movie. Someone's been a busy little bee. (laughs) He was creepy. Mm -hmm. Oh, and man flick. Of course, this was kind of a chick flick, too. Last of the Mohicans. Yes, that's a great movie. Great movie. Yes. And Daniel Day-Lewis, that long hair. Yep. You you need to say anything else about that? No, it was just I mean, I don't have any hair. It's all right. I know. I'm okay you sound like you like that. Way back, maybe. <laughs> I what like was, bald now. What was it that he said to... Uh, so they've got to split up, yes. Yeah, they got to split up. And he tells his woman, You stay alive. I will find you. And he does. And then he does. He comes for her. That's he was a bad movie. dude. He was. It was cool. He was a bad dude. But there's some pretty strong women. Yeah. In the movies too, so Little John, Robin Hood's, um, you know, right hand man. Now this is again in the. There's been several Robin Hoods, and they're all great. I love the story, but this was in the original, way back with Kevin Costner, and Little John's wife's. They're talking about you know what they're going to do and how they're going to attack and be in the forest, and she says. Don't you talk to me about getting hurt, you big ox. I've given birth to eight babies. <laughs> That's right. You men think you're so big and strong. You try giving birth to eight babies or three. Can you do two, that again? Or one. No. No. But talk about babies. <laughs> no. I don't want you to know. I don't want you to get no birth to no babies no more. Uh-uh. No, no. we're done. Well, that's but what can you say. say that again? No. You did that so well. Stop. So don't there's talk to me about another birth. one about birthing you know, babies. That I've always thought was funny. And it was in Gone with the Wind with Prissy. And she's supposed to be helping Scarlet because Melanie is going to have a baby. And it's just the women there. But Scarlet's too busy worrying about herself. She doesn't know what to do. But Prissy has told Scarlet all along that she knows how to do it. She's done it tons of times. But when it comes down to it, Prissy starts crying and says, I don't know nothing about birthing no babies. Man, those last two, you did awesome. Thanks. You are such the drama queen. I know. The drama queen. Drama queen. I do love drama. Like acting and stuff, not not drama in my life. So, right. We'll get to that. Do we need to mention the one about, frankly, my discarlet? Yeah, that just that just leaves. that's a that's just the end. There you go. Frankly, my dear Scarlett, I, I don't just don't give, give a. <laughs> well, you know, we changed it to a joke. Frankly, my dear Scallop, I just don't give a clam. <laughs> <laughs> Who turned it into a joke? 
I don't know. My sister and I would say that so that we could say it. So, so you could say it without saying the bad words. Yeah, scallop and that was the that was the is that the Baptist version? (laughs) I guess so. The Baptist version. I guess so. That would be the private Christian school that you went to. Version. Thank you. How about that? Thank you. Not naming. All right. Thank you. That was fun. One-liners yeah. from movies. And yeah, if you've got any one-liners, more, yeah. hey, send them your way. Send them our way. Not your way. Send them our way. That would be really weird. Talk about them to, with your families. Yeah, talk, or talk about it with your family. Lizzie reminded me. I told her oh, what yeah, we were doing. Did. And, of course, we didn't put any real cartoons or anything, you know, the, which there'd be great ones from Toy yes. Story. Or, but Lizzie said, oh, obviously, Despicable Me, Mom Agnes, when she's making that noise. Does this count as annoying? <laughs> and it would be Lizzie that would yeah. like that one. Yeah. For sure. Mm. For All sure. right. Was there another one? Nope. From a cartoon? That was fun. You mentioned one on the way home just I a little did. while ago about Dory or something. Oh, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. <laughs> just keep swimming. Yep. Dory had to remind herself because, you know, she... Would <laughs> she would forget to swim. Just keep swimming. Just I think we know swimming. people. I think we know people that are like that. They just forget. <laughs> oh, oh goodness. Oh wow. We can keep rolling with those for a long time. Those are funny. Those are good. It's good to laugh. It is. Well, how was your week last week? As we get started into a new week, how was the week last week? It was good. We had our first full week of school so each day we're getting into our routines and learning that and maybe still tweaking a little things but um it's good we're good we're gonna have a great year it's off to a wonderful start well i had a first of coaching uh the first coaching in the first eight-man football game yes and we had history made yes history was made there at westminster christian academy and what a what a really cool moment that that was to be a part of that really great mm-hmm. atmosphere mm-hmm. the parents the students the faculty the the way to kick it off literally it was really 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 special uh, it is a process of developing these young men and uh, developing them as not just athletes but as players and as students and as young men and uh, to be able to get this uh, started like like we have uh, has been a lot of fun. And I'm grateful for our leadership and for mm-hmm. them getting the right person uh, in there. I'm thankful for Chad Evans and his leadership and the way he coaches. It, it, to him, it, it is bigger than football. It's, uh, it really is about developing these men. That's and, great. Yeah, and who they are and who they are in, in Jesus. Well, I think that, you know, we'll go up from here. Yeah. The boys each week. I They're going to get better each week. Pray we'll get better and learn and grow from it. They will. They'll get better each week. Mm-hmm. And uh, we scored twice. Yeah. Got two fumble recoveries. Uh-huh. Um, Had some good defensive stands. The second half, we won, technically. Yes. Um yes. So it was a lot of good things that we can build off of. So it was good. It really was. It was great to see today, uh, at just before we got back home to begin our podcast, it was great to see our friend Alicia. Yes. Have dinner with her. and Connect with her yep. for a little bit and catch up. 
Great to hear how things went there. What you looking forward to this week? What am I looking forward to? Yeah, what you got? Uh, maybe a little peace and quiet. You're gone a few days. Oh, I mean, what? no, it just, it's Ow. just. I won't be as busy, like, doing all the clothes, doing all the dishes and all the meal. Like, I'm not going to cook a big meal for just me and Elizabeth. True. I won't be doing as many, you know, or as much laundry. True. (laughs) Many dishes. So that's what I meant by that. Okay. I will miss you, honey. I'll miss you, too. Just a few days. But that will be nice. And just to... Get another week under my belt. That'll make me feel like I'm really getting into the groove. Yeah, these first few weeks of it takes school, me a couple. Of weeks. It does. It does. It really does. I'm looking forward to this week. We've got our. You have your. We have our lead team retreat mm-hmm. retreat this week, and be gone for a few days, and mm-hmm. be back uh, sometime Wednesday, and just looking forward to uh, being up in North Carolina for a few days and. Being with our leadership from FCA. and Might be cooler. Yep. I hope it will be. Mm, cooler weather. So it's been good. So today we are going to talk about some specific challenges that families face. Specifically, I think these are uh, these can be parent-related, they can be couple-related, but I think just, we're just going to use the term families as a more of an umbrella, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When we're talking about some of the challenges that we face as families and how we need to overcome them and how Lisa and I over uh, work through some of these particular issues. So these are some challenges. Now, before we get to those challenges, I heard this quote in a movie. I think it was in a movie. It was that, that we watched that we were watching this weekend, and I was like, "Wow, that's a really uh, powerful statement." I think it was in that Chris Helmsworth movie. It's a movie series, in, not a movie. You're right. In the extraction, that movie is where it was, and and I started looking it up, and this is actually it was actually a a, a quote from a Brazilian novelist. His name was Paulo Coelho is a, the way I believe it's pronounced in, in Portuguese. So Paulo Coelho. And he said, you don't, you drown not by falling into a river, but by staying submerged in it. And I think that th- some of these things that we're talking about with the challenges that families face, they wind up staying submerged in these particular rivers. And it, and it keeps them from really living life to the fullest as a family. Does that make sense? Yeah. Feeling like they're drowning. They feel like they're drowning yeah. and that there's no hope. There's yeah. no way sure. out. And they're just gasping or looking for air yeah. somewhere. So we're going to talk about some of these things that okay. you you may feel like you're submerged in. And like, where's my hope? Where can I get air? Where can I breathe? And we're going to talk a little bit about those things. So... Challenges that we face. This first one we talked about is culture. Yeah. Um, when we were having this conversation about challenges, what did you think when I brought up culture? Well, that just, to me, especially in the time we live in, is very much against families. 
very much in our face and very much against family so much that we talked about that it's the culture is constantly telling lies to families and we've got to know how to recognize those lies and not buy in to them. Yeah, the lies are real. And I think we also need to understand that who designed the family. And it was it was God that designed the family. Yes. He, de- he designed the family unit. It was a part of his plan from the very beginning. And our culture is like that is like a uh, is like a riptide uh-huh. and in that riptide that riptide wants you take wants to take you out from the shore and take you out to sea and if you don't know how to swim out of that riptide you will succumb to its current no one is that strong to survive a, a, a strong riptide and those riptides are uh, a lot of times they're they're hidden. They are very strong. They're swift, and you have another type of a current that's on that's a going against it as well. And it's not as strong, um, to my knowledge. But the riptide is what takes people out. And when they get into this panic mode, they don't know how to get out of that riptide. There's a, there's fear that sets in, and they start. Um, panicking and trying to, 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 to get out. And so in our culture, our culture is like that riptide and it wants to send us out to sea and destroy us. And we have to figure out what it is uh, and how to get out of that riptide. Does that make sense? It does. So, how do we get out of that riptide? Well, I think the first is is recognizing a lot of these lies that that they're not truth. And obviously, to do that, you've got to be in God's word to know his truth. Um, but understanding that truth should permeate our lives you know like the lie that society tells you and culture tells you you are great and you need a platform (laughs) and everybody wants to know how great you are and what you're doing and all about you well that's not true no you don't need a platform nobody needs a platform what you what you need what you need is to lead you need to be the you need to be the person that God's designed you to be, and let that be the way that you influence. Yes, that's your platform. Who you were created to be. It's 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 in the identity yes. piece. It's Who's not. You are. It's not this fake identity not your that stuff, you're trying to create. Not your filter. Not your where you went. Not yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. So there there are a ton of lies. What do you think are some other lies that our culture feeds at us? Um, I think that we don't need to fail. We need to, we need to have it all together and figure it all out and do everything perfectly. That's um, impossible. I know, but that's what's projected out there to you that you should, if you're smart or this or that or, you know, 
and I think that a lot comes from that. If if we do fail, that's bad, mm-hmm. and you're less than. Yeah, do you see that as a teacher? Oh yes, oh yes. And so then, what translates is that we have a lot of kids these days that they have no resilience. Hmm. They're soft. Yeah. No toughness about no them. No toughness. And I'm not meaning that you go around and fight people. That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about that someone hasn't always swooped in to rescue you. They've let you fall down. Right. They've let you fail and mess up. And it's been okay because then they've had someone to pick them up, dust them off, hug their neck, pat them on the back. Like that's what I feel like we should be doing with kids instead of trying to save them from everything and make all their decisions for them so they don't mess up and so they won't get hurt. Mm. I just think we're we're not doing any favors and we're raising a generation that's I, I just I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. That would be called the powdered butt syndrome. You know how mom, mm-hmm. you know, moms and daddies would powder their baby's butts. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, eventually those butts don't need powdering anymore. No, you move to the next stage, right? They grow, they yes. get older. Yes. But those people that are, are they, they're still having their, they're still having their butts powdered by their mamas <laughs> and their daddies. Yeah. And they're not growing. No. They're dependent. Yes. On. Yes. It's helping them. I mean, what you should want for your kid is to move through those stages. Absolutely. And it it changes. It looks a little different, the parenting. Absolutely. It should. And so parents have got to realize that, and families have got to realize that, you know what? It's okay for my kid to fail. Yes. Yes. It's okay. That's really how they learn. That's how they're going to learn. Think about the lessons you've learned. Now, not something that's dangerous and going to harm them. That's not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But um, that same author that mm-hmm. I mentioned, Paulo, uh-huh. yeah, Quelo, he also said this: "Be brave, take risks. Nothing can substitute experience. Nope, nothing. Mm-mm. And when when kids need to experience failure, or they yes. need to experience pain, or they need to experience whatever it is." in order for them to grow, Mm -hmm. then what is our responsibility as a parent at that point? Maybe in some places it is to defend because uh, I mean, they, those kids may be defenseless and they, and they need a parent to speak on their behalf. But then there are those times when, okay, they may have like a little minor flesh wound and they just may need a band aid. Yeah. And they may need you to tell them, I'll just rub some dirt on it. You'll be all right. (laughs) You know, Mm. don't, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And, um, so you're, so you're dealing with, with that, or if they, if they mess up in school, um, and, and something happens, there's going to be things that happen that your kids are going to fail. And as parents, help them learn from it. You got, yeah, there's that, but. It's not just when they're young either. Even as we have seen our children grow from the elementary school age into the 
tweenager years and the teenager years and now into adulthood, mm-hmm. even now, you know, they, st- they still make decisions that may not be the best. Well, how do we as parents operate? How do we help? How do we, what are some of those things that we do? And I think what we do is, I mean, consequences are a lot of times the best form of natural natural consequences is the best way to to teach Mm -hmm. great and our role as parents is to practice patience and kindness in that whole process and not sit here going i told you so i told you so you know what i mean no you don't know what i mean i agree right right. not rubbing it in yeah that's right not holding it over them and but yeah being that safe place for them to Mm -hmm. land when when it is hard Mm mm-hmm Yes. So I think that's part of developing that spiritual toughness, that emotional toughness, that mental toughness in a, in a, in a kid's. And, and, and really at the end of the day, it's about developing our children as spiritual leaders. Right. At the end of the day, it's about developing them as spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. And the culture that we live in says, no. Don't develop them as spiritual leaders. They, our cult, the culture wants to capture the hearts of our children. Yes. When it's God that wants to capture their hearts mm-hmm. and lead them to a place of life eternally. Whereas culture, it sucks the life out of us because there's never enough. There's never enough. So would you have any other lies of culture? Oh, man. I mean, there's a ton. If you had one that stood out to you. There are. There's so many. You know, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about the social. What were you going to say? Well, I just, you know, think that, again, you said, what do we do to combat the lies? It's, I think, recognizing again. Um. And always holding truth up as our standard, yes. which would be God's word. Because, I mean, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But and, Yes, but but Jesus come that he, he, yes. we may have life and have, and it, to have the it to the fullest. So he's not saying, again, this is not a list of you have to be weird and you can't do this and you have to do this. That's not what it's about, but it is about not succumbing to the lies of Satan. Right. Beware. But it is, I believe, a a call to leadership. Yes. A call to, and leadership is hard. Yep. And leadership is something, some people say, well, you're born with it, or some people say, no, you got to learn it. I don't know which side of the fence I stand on on that one, but I will say this, that leadership is caught it's caught um you can teach it you can teach leadership and you can help train people to be leaders um but leadership is going to be caught and you're either going to catch it or you're not and what i want to see is my own leadership as an example in my kids' lives that they catch and that they practice 
in their own lives mm. and the people that I'm around, I want them to grow as leaders. I want to push them to be strong leaders. And sometimes I mean saying some br- pretty tough things. Sure. And that's not comfortable for me. So, so I think culture is a, right. is a so big culture challenge. Culture is a culture. big challenge for our big families. challenge. Yes. Yep. What else? The next one is busyness. Ooh. Busyness. Ooh, we're all guilty of that, aren't we? I think the busyness is what I was talking, you know, we were talking earlier today. Busyness steals intimacy and meaningful conversation. Yes. And I said at the at the heart of it, right, what, what we really need are intimate moments with our kids, with our spouse, with each other together. And... That gets sacrificed when we're so involved and we go from thing to thing to thing. And it's not that those things are bad, but it's when we have overscheduled ourselves and we never put margins in. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it, I think that goes into the culture is that we're in a culture of busyness. Yes. And they tell you there's something wrong with you if you aren't doing all these things right that your kids are missing out that that's that's a lie or they're going to miss out on a chance to have a scholarship yeah that's a lie or they're going to miss out on a chance to go pro that's a lie it's a lie it is there's listen most likely your kid is not going to go pro no but if that's god's plan he'll bless the efforts that you do have correct and that you do put forth but if you're sinking all your money into Uh thinking that your kid's going to go pro there is a small percentage Yes, and you're probably going to burn your kid out. How many of those that have I've seen we more seen of over and over and over and, and over. over? They don't even want to play in college because you burned them out so much, and, or and they're you, injured, or that, or I've I know I know of a middle school football player. Uh huh. All right, a middle school football player who has had to have surgery on his elbow. Yeah. Hmm. Because of overuse. Yeah. Right. Middle school. Had to have but like, coaches Tom, don't tell like a Tommy John co- surgery. Yeah, but coaches don't tell them that. And again, that it's, it's, cool. we feel like we're robbing our kids of something, but really you're robbing yourself of sitting and getting to know your kid. And these things that they're involved in are most likely going to fade and even if they do play a little further, you know, down the road, it's still one day going to come to an end. And how are you going to know your kid then? Yeah. <laughs> if if you always gave your kid to a coach or to a, a team or to an activity or to somebody else, they know your kid better than you do. Yeah. Now, well, a great point. Now here, now let me, let me throw this in there. I heard this statement the other day, and I was like, whoa, that's going to go on my quote of the day list. I heard this. The heart of a son is shaped by the breath of the father. Oh, that is good. The heart of the son. The heart of the son. You can apply that to your children. The heart of your children is shaped by the breath of the father. Yeah. Huh. Now... You can let sports shape your kids' hearts. And listen, I love sports. Oh, we're a sports family. We're a sports family. You can let sports shape your kids' heart. Or 
You can let Make online sure gaming shape your kid's heart. Mm-hmm. Or you can let video games shape your kid's heart. You can let their phone shape their kid's heart. But the most important thing that shapes your kid's heart is your spoken words into their life. Mm-hmm. And we're not being unrealistic. We have... Oh, we've dealt with this. We have busyness in our lives, yes. too. But we've also learned the importance of having healthy rhythms. We have made a commitment to have meals together as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you have to get creative to do that. Uh, to uh, siblings join others in what one kid is playing or doing or involved mm-hmm. in. And maybe that means that you tell the other one they got to wait this season. Yep. I mean, we've had to do that. Mm-hmm. We have. So there are ways, there are things you can do. And, I, you know, I would encourage you as a family, sit down and talk about non negotiables for your family. You um, can say no. Yes, you should. And you should, you should say, say no. no. Again, those are those. That's the lie that culture tells you. Give them everything they want. Give them every opportunity. Do everything you can. You kill yourself. You give, go into debt to pay for. Right. No, we we should say no. There are times to say no, and I think that's a lesson we teach our kids. Yeah, your little your little eight year old kid that's playing baseball. He don't need no three hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> Mariucci bat. Okay. All right. Okay. You can go get that little Mariucci bat at a used. Um, pawn shop probably you can pay twenty five dollars for it. Well, but and that's even just if it, it and even if it has a little crack in it, it's okay. You he's can only going to use it. He's for, only going to use it for a season. Yeah, we did learn that. And right? then he's going to be wanting he another three hundred and fifty dollar Mariucci mm-hmm. bat. We did learn those lessons. So mm-hmm. don't give in to the pressure, parents. No, don't give in. Say no. But be careful. Just be careful with your busyness. Um. Again, you know, I said meals, but I would also that the lesson you should be teaching your kids is that church is a priority. Corporate worship and good preaching and sound teaching, that's a priority for our family. Doesn't mean we don't ever miss, but it means our kids know that that's where we're going to be most of the time. Mm-hmm. We don't choose everything and then if we have a little time or we're off one weekend then we'll go to church. Right. No, that's the priority. And we had to deal with that with sports and you know? Sure did. We did. All right. So busyness yes. and culture, two yes. challenges. We got Big a couple ones. more challenges we're going to mm-hmm. talk about real quick. This next one is dealing with your past. Yeah, you brought this up, and I know it's something uh, that maybe you talk a little bit more about with your couples Mm -hmm. when you do your quarter three coaching. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so in the quarter three coaching, I have all of my clients submit an assessment, and in this assessment, I receive, and they do too, they receive what is a, it's called the uh, the couples map. And the couples map is also um, paired with a family map. The family map is more of a family of origin and shows what kind of from. family that they come from. In the, in the two variables there are 
a connected family and flexible family versus a disconnected and inflexible family. And you have this grid that exists. It's like, you know, and there's this sweet spot that you really want to be in. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me are those. So they're, they're filling things out that assess what they came from, family what of they origin, came from. and then what they desire. Well, not so much maybe what they desire. I think that plays into it. I think there's a little bit of a, uh-huh. um, des- you know, what they desire in the relationship, uh-huh. but what they have in the current relationship. Let's say if it's oh, a, a premarital couple, or, okay. engaged couple, okay. and they're filling this out, okay. they're, they are defining and characterizing this is where their, we are right now where their relationship is okay. and what's interesting about that is what i've seen nine times out of ten in working with these couples mm-hmm. is if they come from a disconnected and inflexible family uh-huh. and i see that and, and i've seen it in the in the in the ladies and i've seen it in the men uh-huh. if they come from a disconnected inflexible family and the fiance comes from more of a flexible and connected family uh-huh. i see this trend of like an up upward movement closer to a flexible and connected family because it's what they're longing for they mm. see and they see maybe see that example they see, see that example and they're attracted it's, mm. tr- it's attractive yeah you know, it's yeah. not just the the physical component yeah. in the it's yeah. this family unit, and and it and it's really really interesting to see that people that come from a disconnected, inflexible family structure, which is very dysfunctional, uh huh, very dysfunctional in that type of a scenario, they want functionality, they want sustainability, they want mm. peace, they want true love they want connectedness they want um flexibility they want all of those things and it's really interesting to see that when it comes to the past it's got to be more than just a desire for that it has to be work that gets you to that point and a lot of people don't have the the skill sets or the ability to move mm. towards that direction without proper counsel and mm-hmm. without um, without a relationship with the Lord. They're only going to move a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they've got to constantly be, because if something goes wrong, if something goes wrong in the in the in the relationship that they're engaged uh-huh. that they're in, in an engaged relationship with, if something happens for whatever that is, then they're going to revert to what, what they know. They knew. Mm-hmm. Yes. Inflexibility. Yes. And disconnectedness. Well, our past does shape us. I mean, none of us can get around that. Correct. And so we're talking about families. So when two come together, you're bringing two pasts. You're bringing a lot of baggage. Bringing baggage. You're I mean, whether baggage. we like it or not, some might be one or two suitcases and some might be a U-Haul. And that's not to judge them, but... In families, we've got to understand our past shapes us, and we need to make sure that we are breaking unhealthy cycles, yes. beginning healthy cycles to leave a legacy on for future generations from us. Mm-hmm. Yes. But the past is a, yeah, 
So, that can be a challenge. And if you allow yourself to remain submerged in your past, mm, you're going to drown. Then you're not only going to drown yourself, you're going to drown your, your family with you, mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. So you've True. got to get that fixed. Yes. You've got to get that corrected. And like you said, maybe it requires extra counseling. Maybe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to require. That's okay. It's going, it's going to require transformation. It's Mm -hmm. going to require work. As Mm -hmm. you said, it will require Mm -hmm. work and specific disciplines that you employ Mm -hmm. so that you don't go back to unhealthy coping skills. Right. Right. So, and the, and the truth is, is that, Man, God redeems our past. Yes. He redeems our past so that we can have life in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Drop the mic. Boom. Mm-hmm. There we go. Good. That's good. Last one. Have you ever felt like a failure uh, as a parent? Yes. This is one of those no-brainers. It is, yeah. That we that families deal with. Mm-hmm. But even as we say that feeling like a failure, I recognize it's not about my feelings. And again, we we just said it. We we need to let our kids fail. Well, I, I am going to fail at parenting. I am. I'm going to mess up. I don't know how to do it. Now, I I look at a heavenly father and I try to model my parenting, but there's no manual that tells us exactly what to do in every single situation and every single stage that we travel through with our kids. So I am going to mess up. But like you just said, we have to trust that God's in the business of redemption. And, and I do, I was sharing with a friend and we were, uh, we pray for one another with our adult children, just in that stage of life. And we were talking and saying that we do, we just claim that all my mess ups that I did in parenting, that God just redeemed them. And it's, it's a part of, of, him weaving their story but the feeling part i think satan can come in and really you know well he wants to destroy the, he wants to yes. destroy the family unit he does he wants to destroy the mama and the daddy mm-hmm. he wants to break up mm-hmm. the family mm-hmm. he doesn't like the fact that families are together mm-hmm. because it's god's design mm-hmm. it's god's design to grow the kingdom yep. period and when the family unit breaks up like it does, Satan is 100% behind it all. And God is 100% heartbroken over it. And when we talk about, when we talk about feeling like a failure, feeling like a failure is real. And and it and, and the truth is it's it's more than a feeling. It's like what you're talking about. It's more than just a feeling. It's it's a fact of life. You will fail. But there's a difference between failing and being a failure. Yes. Yes. There's a big difference yes. between failing and being a failure. Um 
I failed ninth grade English. <laughs> but I am not a failure. No. I have failed tests. I have too. But I am not a failure. Right. I have failed in being a husband. But I'm not a failure as a husband. I've failed at being a father. But I'm not a failure as a father. I'm not a father failure. That's good. I'm more of a father figure. <laughs> you know. And and I think what people need to, what we need to realize is that failure is going to happen. We need to embrace mm-hmm. the failure. We need to embrace the failure by failing forward. Mm. Fail forward. And us learn from it. And learn from as it. Well. Mm-hmm. Fail forward mm-hmm. and learn from it. So I think that's just one way, you know, when there is failure. And then as I struggled with failure myself in regards to being a parent. And wondering if we're doing it right. Yeah. Are we messing up? The more I have read about yes. God the Father, mm-hmm. that has taught me and I hope has tempered me to the point where I have become a, a good daddy. And that where it's where scripture says that God takes our sin and he throws it as far as the east is from the west. I hope I treat my kids like that. Right. When they screw up. Yes. That I take their sin and I throw it as far as the east is from the west. And that what they see is a loving father. Mm. I pray that, you know, as as the scripture says, that it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. It's not my strong arm that's going to lead my kids to repentance. It's going to be the kindness that I demonstrate mm. to them in their brokenness. In their in their sin, in their what they when they screw up, it's going to be that kindness. It's going to be that presence mm-hmm. there. So there's a lot of characteristics about who God is as a father that have really helped shape me and my own parenthood. I just wish I'd known them and learned them and applied earlier. them earlier in life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's part of being it's growth and growth and gross. failing forward. Yes. So. So what are some things that we can do? What are some things that we can do? Um, one is this, is be present. Yes. Allow, Not allowing the past to have power over us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not allowing the past to have power over you. Okay. It's just kind of like what I was saying, failing forward. Yes. Allowing the past to have that power over you. Is like doing life on your heels and not on your toes. If you're on your heels, you're going to be falling back. backwards. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. In football, we call that an unathletic position. Uh-huh. Somebody's going to knock you over. You're totally exposed and vulnerable uh-huh. to okay. defeat. Okay. So stay on your toes. Okay. All right. So That's be good. present. Then the other one is to develop those healthy coping skills. Yes. Um, take a pause. Take a pause. There's actually a, a, an app called the pause app by john eldridge there's an app for that there's an app for that you can take a three you can take a one minute pause three minute pause five minute pause ten Mm -hmm. minute pause and it has and it really kind of walks you through some really uh, mindful prayer Uh and pause 
um, really, really powerful. It's something I try to do twice a day at least. That's good. Well, and even um, we had a guest pastor that spoke this morning at our church, and he said that mindfulness, it's just that preparation that some, many times leads you into prayer or yes. leads you into that, um, you know, communion with well, God. Well, I'll put that link in the show notes from the about pause the pause app, app from Great. John Eldridge. Really good okay. stuff. All right. All right. Another one on developing healthy coping skills. Yes. Is ask. Is, is it, it true? Is it true? Right. We talked about how lies suck us in. So ask, is it true? Is it true? Go back to God's word as your plumb line. I've already talked about embracing failure and mm-hmm. failing forward. Mm-hmm. Number four. Seek wise counsel. A companion of fools suffers harm. Mm-hmm. All right. But a but a wise person, uh, the wise will grow. What's that verse? I'm 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 getting tongue twisted here. A wise man walks with the wise. Is that right? But a companion of fools. But a companion of fools suffers harm. Mm-hmm. And there's victory in the counsel of many. Yes. And then uh, the last one was take risks. Goes back to your quote. Yeah. Take Nothing risks. like experience. Nothing like experience. <laughs> Nothing like experience. So those are hopefully those are some things you can take with you, help you in your own journey as a mom, a dad, family. Yes. And that you understand you're not alone. Nope. You're not alone. And uh, we've we've walked this path. We continue to walk some of this path. And uh, it's an honor to be able to walk it with you. Mm. Now, here's what we would like to know. What are some topics that you would like for us to talk about? Or what questions maybe are on your mind that you would like us to discuss? Yes. And if you have some of those questions or topics that you'd like for us to kind of hit on, uh, bring to the conversation table, send us an email mm-hmm. to three at gmail.com. That's the cord, C-O-R-D. T-H-E-C-O-R-D-O-F and the number three at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us know what topics or what questions are on your mind that you would like for us to discuss. As we wrap up, we want to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, Audible. There's a lot of different places that it's on. Um, please subscribe, make sure you're downloading it, add it to your queue. And then if you get a moment, please share that on your social media platforms mm-hmm. on Instagram. We are listed as, uh, at, uh, the court at cord underscore of th- underscore three. That's our Instagram cord underscore of underscore three. And then on Facebook, our page is cord of three podcast. That's it. So uh, you can also leave us a review on your podcast platform. We would greatly appreciate that as that also helps to get our show connected with other people who would be interested in hearing more about what we talk about with the quarter three. We love hearing encouragement from those of you that listen. We certainly appreciate you listening and giving us that feedback. Yep. So keep it up. Thank you so much. Have a good night, and remember, a cord of three strands is not Not easily easily broken. broken.